Hi, my name is Bob Greenier and I'm a volunteer with the Martin Fleischmann Memorial Project. So welcome to day two review of our trip to work with Matsumoto and he is still unwell and unable to see us. But I have some good news which I'll talk about at the end. But I will say what we have done today to get the most out of our time here. And it came about because I was on the train with my friend and colleague here at show. Uh, who's also acting as translator and support. And I said, look, if you do get some time, there's a presentation I wanted to do before I came, but I decided not to do it. And I think to properly do the presentation justice, I need to visit a thermal spring and understand a, a bit more about how they work and just contemplate it. And also I'd like to visit some ancient temples here because I believe there's some uh, thing to learn from the culture of ancient Japan and then you told me a little story didn't you show yes uh, about the Ainu people ah yes in Hokkaido yeah so you, you you said that well it's actually a new place I said uh, sorry like what's new about Hokkaido <laughs> <laughs> it's surely it's been here before yes uh, about 300 or 400 years ago uh Edo people, I mean samurai people, conquered Hokkaido. So samurais conquered Hokkaido. Yes. Uh, that were they were formerly these Ainu people yes, living here. Yes. Yes. About three hundred. Yes. Three hundred four and four hundred years ago. I think so. Yeah. And Ainu people are like Aborigines mm -hmm. in Australia. Right. So they're. The, the similar genetically to the... Uh, no, I don't know. But they're like indigenous people. Yes, indigenous people. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they don't have any ancient temples like that. No. So my response was, okay, so we, there's no point going to see a mm. modern temple <laughs> here in Hokkaido to look at Japanese ancient modern spiritual religious, religious culture... <laughs> But actually, probably it would be good to go and see any mm. evidence of these Ainu people. And you said that, well, you thought there were some museums here, yes. didn't you? Mm -hmm. So we're going to switch back to that. But before we do that, so we got up with the intention of going to a thermal spring here, mm -hmm. didn't we? we? We jumped on a bus. Mm -hmm. And what's the name of the spring? Um... I put you on the spot. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the name. So... It's quite late. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, so we went to this spring and it was about an hour and a half mm -hmm. bus ride away and we had a train journey to go before it. And it's, it's up in the mountains. Uh, and show, I woke up this morning and Sho said, it's raining. I said, fantastic. There will be hardly one, anyone at the spring. <laughs> and because, uh, I, I, you know, I've seen scenery before and I'm sure it's very beautiful. But the point was to go and contemplate the spring. Uh, and yeah, so when, when we got there, actually, it was pretty empty, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, we essentially just walked straight into the spring. Oh, yeah. Right. No, no, nothing holding us back. <laughs> no. And and w what do we learn in the spring? Ah, it's the surface of the rock, just around the um, water. Mm -hmm. Move, yeah, where the 
the surface. Yeah, where the water was lapping against yeah, lapping the rock. Yeah. The surface of the rock smooth and but some places are like uh, sea creature. Yeah, and like a sea like, creature. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sh shell or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So th this is a thermal spring. It comes out of a volcanic activity, mm -hmm, right. and water is brought up hot and full of minerals. And I asked you if you could find the mineral content there. Um, because I was looking at it and it looked like there's probably some sulfur, some sodium, some magnesium. Uh, it looked like there was some iron and manganese in there, these kind of things. And I'll talk about that in a presentation I'm going to give live uh, tomorrow for us, but evening in America. I'm sorry, everyone in Europe, you're going to have to watch it on replay unless you want to be up in the middle of the night. So probably going to do that about 10 o'clock a.m. Japanese time. And it's going to be talking about what was learned from that. But uh, just quickly, whatever it was that you put and exposed to this water, where the supersaturated solution then cooled and touched, it was depositing this incredibly hard limestone, coloured, like I say, by manganese oxides and iron oxides in there slightly. So it had a creamy contexture mm -hmm. uh, sort of creamy brown red look to it in some places depending on where the water was lapping it was nearly pure white uh, like marble uh, calcium carbonate so this would be and I'll describe this tomorrow basically it's 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 calcium oxide that gets converted into calcium hydroxide that comes out of the ground um, and then or cal maybe carbonates but anyway it's saturated into the water and then it gets uh, deposited and it then is forming limestone and what I noticed was it was incredibly hard don't want to spoil what we're going to do tomorrow morning but um, it was a seminal moment it was seminal for me because Matsumoto had discussed in his book uh, the steps to the discovery of electronuclear collapse the potential correlation with volcanic activity and earthquakes and so forth and I kind of done a conjecture to say that maybe he had thought about those things because he lives in a, a place in the world where those things are part of everyday life here we are in a place which is an hour and a half away and um it, it I, I tried to put my my head into the space of Matsumoto's head in those kind of experiences and it was quite liberating. And <laughs> I spent about two hours just thinking about the science of geopolymers and the relationship with <laughs> volcanic activity and volcanoes. Like I said, I'm going to discuss all that tomorrow. Um, so that was that. And uh, we then on the way back, we went mm -hmm. to see the Ainu. Yes. Yeah. And since I was asked to buy uh, a couple of owls last weekend <laughs> yes. just one week ago today in in uh, Delphi by my children that's a whole other story I will tell how that led to an incredible um, set of events um, <laughs> the first restaurant we went into on the first night had owls everywhere carved into the thing and we thought this is getting a bit of a joke and then I'm sitting in the thermal spring and there's carved wooden owl with its head on its cocked on its side. And I, and I said, I said to show it's telling me to sit here and think. 
<laughs> you know, it's like like when someone's thinking really hard and kind of like, or, or rather looking inquisitively at you, it, it kind of suggested I need it. So that's what I did. And it was very, very productive at thinking time. And when we're walking around the building, it has owls everywhere. And we think this is getting a bit beyond the joke. And then we went to the Ainu Museum and what happened? Uh, first, uh, <laughs> we <laughs> switched the video yeah. explanation. No, oh, no, before that. Uh, before, before, that we... before that, yes. In front of the entrance <laughs> yeah. gate, there was an owl. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, the, the owl that I took a photo of, which I'll share in the blog for this, mm -hmm. at the spring, it had one eye shut and one eye open. You know, one eye being able to see, one eye dark, one sun, one moon. Is that what it's trying to suggest? And I want you... So basically, we go into the museum and you turn on the, the introductory video and, and what is it? <laughs> owls. It's owls. <laughs> More owls. And, and as we go around the museum, it's clear that it was a big part of their culture. Um, but also this having one open simulated eye and one closed eye. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just want people in the, in the comments to the blog on remoteview.icu to look at those images that I will share and, and just, you know, think about it. And this isn't Japanese ancient culture. This is an Aboriginal ancient culture. And these are the symbology that they thought was important mm -hmm. to carve into their most treasured items. And so, again, absolutely incredible. Um, how, how did we miss it? It's literally, as I said, I think in 2018, how did we get so stupid? How did we get so stupid? It's been in our faces all of our lives and literally in our face. <laughs> So that was it. And, and then we came home uh, after a little bite to eat in a ramen bar and uh, we've set up. On the way home, we had some news from Matsumoto as well. What was that? Uh, it's kind of good and kind of bad. Yes. So in no mention about his health. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, collected uh, pictures. But yes. He lost. Yeah. So and the pic now. Wait, wait, wait. So, so the story is that he had collected all the pictures together yes. at some point in the past, but he's lost them. Yes. Uh, however. However, now he's searching for neg negatives. Negatives. Yeah. Yes. And this is brilliant because the the pictures are obviously the exposure choice of the person that developed them, or possibly even the machine that developed them. Uh, for best contrast within the capability of the photographic paper. But if we get the negatives, then I can use high bit depth scanning and high, high, high resolution without the change in, uh, um, you know, uh, the focusing of the exposure elements it, when the, the film is exposed and the grain on the film. We're just looking we will get the best quality. So uh, everyone out there, you know, pray for him to find them uh, or, you know, dance around a fire or throw salt over your shoulder or whatever it is you do. 
Um, because if we get those images, they are going to be the best we possibly can have. And I'm excited because there's a potential that whatever he was using, a microscope with a back illumination to do his grabbing of images in the past, because you can see what he's done. He's gone around the photographic emulsion or the print of it, uh, and he has taken images potentially under microscope, and then he's tiled those together. Firstly, we can have untiled images, so we have perfect, consistent contrast across the whole thing. And then we should have a higher resolution, plus with this extra bit depth, and I found this when I was looking at the uh, uh, lion x-rays, there's things you couldn't see with the naked eye under any light. But with high bit depth scanning, there was contrast available in there which you could bring, in, bring into the visible. And it may be the case that, who knows, he might even have these little birdies over there. And it would be wonderful to have that level of uh, trans-decade um, support. So I'm not saying it's going to be there, but it may be there. And so uh, I, I'm really hoping beyond hope that he will be able yes. to find those negatives and that would just that that would be like i, I said to show this morning that uh twisted vortex damage in color with the extra detail in it for me is 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 enough you know if we didn't get anything else out of this trip which we've as we have said already we've got things uh out of this even today if that's all we got that would be enough for me because it, we, we that would never have been able to be got unless we did what we're doing right here. But if we get these these um, negatives. negatives, it's just going to be awesome. So um, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I'll give you an, uh, another update as soon as possible. Um, and uh, hopefully at 10 a.m. Japanese time tomorrow, I will do a stream on concepts for geopolymer production based on actual engineering uh, processes that are being proposed or underway uh, for carbon sequestration and um, uh, other related phenomena. And I think when or if we are able to get a functioning Windhex type device, it will be a short road to exploring these ideas and to establishing that, not to say that the ancients did use these types of technologies, to create their megalithic structures, but to say that if they were bright enough to be able to do this, which I suspect they probably were, given the uh, artifacts that we have seen in various cultures, um, uh, then you have the possibility, and it is referencing a type of fractal vortex structure, uh, and it does the job that would have done the construction. So... Uh, I think we're in a very special time in history here, regaining our birthright as a civilization. Thank you very much, show. Thank you. And I'll see you in the next video or audio recording. <laughs>